Parsha Shmini, Tavshin Pei Beis. Here we go. Uh, again, usually uh, Shmini is somewhere post Pesach. We don't often, we don't always have a Shir Shmini, but uh, this year we do. Baruch Hashem. We will be off after Pesach with Chutz uh, Laaretz. We'll be uh, a week ahead for, uh, but Baruch Hashem, uh, we'll take it. Uh, as of now, we're still uh, we're still all together. So here we go. Shmini. Again, we'll start off with a thought that we did ten years ago, but uh, it's something that. Um, I think is worth repeating, and that has to do with the name of the parsha from the Lubavitcher Rebbe in source number one, where, as we know, he always picks up on the name. At first glance, you think, that's an unusual way to start a parsha, because that means, why didn't we just say this last week? Right? We had seven days at the end of last week's parsha, and all of a sudden, then now we have, now we have the eighth day. So just finish the whole process and put the eighth with the, with the seventh that, that led up to it. Right? Why, is it why is it here? At first glance, says the Lubavitcher Rebbe, the beginning of our parsha would belong better at the end of the previous parsha. For the end of Tzav describes, as we know, the first seven days of the Chanukah Mishkan. Remember, the Kohanim weren't allowed to leave. They had to stay in the Mishkan. The Ritziv discusses at the end of the parsha they had to learn Torah for a week without any uh, distractions. So all of a sudden, now we have a new parsha. Again, in the days of old, maybe they broke it up differently, but now we actually have it as a separate parsha. So why is that? So says Rebbe, by breaking to begin a new parsha in the middle of this story, the Torah appears to be hinting to us that the eighth day, while superficially a mere continuation of the days that preceded it, really was in a different category. The eighth is beyond the seven that led up to it. So the discussion on the eighth day Shemini must begin a new chapter, must begin a new parsha, um, and therefore, right, seven and eight, as we know, many discuss, eight is beyond, seven is teva, seven is physical, eight is beyond, brismila, shmini atzeres, shvuis, chanukah. Since there are seven days in a week, it follows that the number seven alludes to the cycle of natural world. Eight is beyond, the most sublime spiritual realm which defies any interaction with physicality. And it's this dialectic that we have last week seven and this week eight. It's connected, but it's separate. When we want to bring the Hashras Hashchina into this world, which is connecting the finite, us, with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so that's together, but not together. To connect the finite with the infinite is a little tricky. Like, how do we do that? How do we connect with HaKadosh Baruch Hu? How do we... How do we reach the levels that when we look at ourselves, when we look at people, you know, we could say he's more in Shamayim than he's in this world. As we all felt this week with Chaim Kenievsky. Right? He was more there. He was from a different realm of existence. A different realm. What some people spend a lifetime doing, finishing Shas Pavli. For him it was just, you know, annual Bavli, Rishalmi, Medrash, Zohar, Turbes Yosef, Midrashim, Mishnaburah, and everything else that's included in Kala Torah Kula. From a different realm, but, but how do we create that connection to Shmini from Shvi? So it's connected, but it's disconnected. But we have to remember, we can't be limited. We should always try to reach for the stars and reach for the infinite. And that's what's Vayhiva Yama Shmini. Yeah, it's a separate but it's in our realm. It is the, this fundamental incompatibility, says the Lavach Rebbe, between 7 and 8 to which the Torah alludes by placing Shmini in a parsha of its own. The Torah is teaching us that 8, that which is infinite and godly, and 7 cannot be mixed. That is to say, they cannot be mixed by man alone. But when do we do what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants, when we fulfill what the mitzvah told us and we do the mitzvah, then there's a bridge. Then there's a bridge from tzav to shmini. And then we can connect. When man follows God's command to perform a particular task with a physical object, we witness the most like, unlikely fusion of opposites. The physical object becomes infinite. I think we mentioned in the past the beautiful ha'ara, the beautiful thought of Reb Salvechik, where he knows that the Rambam in the beginning of Hilchas Brachos, describes the three categories of Brachos, Birchas HaMitzvah, Birchas Shevach Vahodah, Bracha on praise and thanking, and Birchas Hanenin. And when the Rambam writes it, he links two of them. Says the Rambam, Kishem, just, this is not on your sheet, just like 
Just like you make a bracha before you get pleasure, eating, drinking, smelling, just like we make a bracha, so too we make a bracha before we do a mitzvah. And Ezra of Salvechik, what's the just like so too? What is the connection? Birchas Hanenin is what we call in halachic terms a matir. It's a, it allows me to partake. As the Gemara says, before I make a bracha, the food belongs to Hashem. And after I, 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 I make a bracha, then it belongs to me. If not, I'm stealing. I'm moel, because everything belongs to Hashem. But when I make a bracha, that's matir. That's matir me to now eat the food. So what does that have to do with doing a mitzvah? What does he mean? Just like I make a bracha before I eat, so too I make a bracha before I eat the food. Before I make a bracha, uh, before I do a mitzvah. What does that have to do with, with the matir? Says Rev Soldechik, that also needs a matir. Because after all, who am I to think that I could shake this palm branch and connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu by doing that? I could eat some matzah and fulfill the only mitzvah to Arisa that we have, Bizman of eating something specific. Right? That's the Chassam Sofer Sa'ara. We don't have truma, we don't have karbanos, we don't have Meisr Sheini, we have nothing except matzah. Matzah is the one mitzvah to Arisa of eating that we still have, Bizman So what makes me think? What gives me the right to bridge the gap between people and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Wouldn't it be, you know, um, the, to, to think that I could do such a, uh, such, a, such a jump? Wouldn't it be presumptuous of me to even think that I could do that? That's the bracha. The bracha is the matir. It allows me to say, I'm going to do this physical act and connect with, that, in that, with it to, to Hashem. That's the matir. I recognize the mitzvah and the mitzvah, and in that way, that's the matir. That's exactly what the Lubavitcher Rebbe is saying here. There's shvi, but then there's shmini. We have to note the difference, but then we have to connect the parshios, and we have to say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump to shmini. I'm a tzav. I'm a human being, seven, but I'm gonna jump to shmini, and we could span the worlds, and that's our goal in life. Our goal in life is to span and connect to the infinite through the physical means that we have. Because all of our means are physical. We daven, that's using our physical mouths and thinking in our heart. Right? We're human, but we have to use that to connect to the, to the upper worlds as well. Okay. So, Mashmini, we have right, Kara, Moshe, Aaron, Levanov, and we have the Binyan Mishka. So we already spoke a little bit last week already. I think last week or two weeks ago, from the Nesiva Shalom, where the Midrashim compare, many Midrashim compare Binyan HaMishkan and Briyas HaOlam. And Briyas HaOlam. Right? One such Midrash is right here at the beginning of source number two. Vayehi. Right? Vayehi, the first word in the parsha. Vayehi Vayom HaShmini. Vitanya. Oso Hayom Haisa Simcholofnei Kodesh Baruch Hu Kiyom Shenivribo Shemayim Va'aris. On that day... There was Simcha in front of Hashem on the day that the Mishkan was completed, just like the day that the world was com- completed. Vayehi bayom Hashmini, Vayehi Erev, Vayehi Voker Yom Echad. Vayehi. Vayehi bimei, the Gemara says, is, is sad. But Vayehi could be Lashon Simcha. So Vayehi bayom Hashmini, connection. So what is the connection between Briyas HaOlam and Binyan HaMishkan? So again, we've discussed that in the past. There was a beautiful formulation of this, fascinating here in Rav Lumenzweig's Sefer, Vesalachti Besochachem. Again, Rav Lumenzweig, the uh, Rosh Yeshiva Emeritus of, um, of Yeshiva Yerucham, where my boys uh, have learned. Says the Vesalachti Besochachem. Hamedrish Mashve Ben Briyas Olam Ben Yom Chanukas Hamishkan. The Medrash compares the two. Bofan Pashut, so it's just based on the words. Vayhi here, Vayhi there. But obviously there's something deeper here. There are a lot more, there are many more Vayihis in the Torah, but the Chazal, Dafka, connect uh, these two together. Briyas HaOlam Haisa Tichilasu Shal Talich. Briyas HaOlam was the beginning of a process. Shenimshach Vahalach Ad Yom HaKamatze Mishkan. Until the Mishkan, which was the end of the process. That's the goal. What's the goal of life? The goal, why did Hashem create the world? In order to rest His presence amongst us. That's the goal of the, of the whole creation. So all of Bracious and Shmos is to reach the last Pasuk in Pekudeh. The goal of life is the last Pasuk in Pekudeh. The last few Pesukim, where Hashem's cloud comes down, and now we have Binyan Mishkan. It's not only Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and Kriyas Yamsuf, and even Maimed Ar-Sinai. Maimed Ar-Sinai is not the end of the process either. 
It's Kinesi Lairet Yisrael, and that also is not the end of the process. It's building. It's building a home for HaKadosh Baruch Obviously, in the Torah, we didn't get there yet. But, says the, says uh, Reb Blumenzweig, Briyas Olam, that's the, ta- the, the beginning of the Talich, and ends with the Kamas HaMishkan. HaKamas HaMishkan, hi chasimaso shala Talich. Move on. There were plenty of significant stages in the process. Of course, Maimon Harsinai, but Chabaz HaMishkan was the end. But he says on line 12, The creation of the world and the building of the Mishkan were parallel, but if you think about it, opposite. Opposite processes. How? What was Briya Sa'olam? Hashem pulling himself back and removing himself. Whatever it means, the Kabbalistic Svarim talk about Simsum. Hashem fills the whole world. Hamakom. So how could there be space for anything else in the world? How could, how could I be here? The answer is Hashem minimizes himself somehow in order to create space for the world, for human beings, for earth, for the solar systems. Hashem removes himself in order to create space for man. And what's Bidyan HaMishkan? We build some place in our world in order for Hashem to come back, in order to have space for God. Bria Sa'olam, Hashem removed himself, Bidyan HaMishkan, we welcome him back in. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kaviyachol Tzimtzei Meshchinaso Upina Makom Metzius. Right, when Hashem Kaviyachol minimized the Shechina, again, not physical terms, we don't really know what that means, but we're just using words that we could formulate it with, and he allowed space, Merchav Chaim Shebo Abrum Yuchlu Lifol Kvi Ratzonu Bebukhirasa. And he gives us Bechir Achavshis, right? There are open miracles all the time, so therefore we have free choice. Before Bria Sa'olam, there was such a thing as close to God, because God was it. There was only Hashem. Before Tovavohu, He was Hakol. The fact that there's something called Dveikus, what does that mean? That means there are two separate entities. There's God and there's me. And there's the world, and we want to get closer. That shows that Hashem removed himself. But now, turning the page, top of the next page, Hakamas HaMishkan, he is Rachashus B'kivun Havuch. It's exactly the opposite. Am Yisrael Mifanem Makom Betocholamo, Am Yisrael remove, we remove ourselves, let's say from the Kodesh Kodashim. We remove ourselves so that Hashem can have space to come. V'hofecho solo mekudash v'nivdal, so it's parallel, but they're opposites. And then he continues and says, isn't it interesting? Each of these occurrences, Maisabratius and Binyan Mishkan, both were followed with a chait. Each of the stories. Right, Parsha is gracious, the chet of Adam and Chava, and in our Parsha, Binyan Mishkan immediately followed by chet of Adam and Aviv. And again, opposite chataim in opposite directions. Heini rum gedolim she is timeu benefilos kashos. Abria his timeu bechet Adam Arishon bechanukas Amishkan mistayemes bechet Adam Aviv. But as he just explained, there's a parallel, but there's a difference. They're, they're different sins. Adam Arishon. Lo Ahmad Kibel. What was the root of Adam's sin? He was too shakua in the world. He had a taiva. Right? Nechmalamare. The tree and everything it symbolized. It symbolized Gashmias. It symbolizes this world. Nimshachachara taiva chomris veachom eisadas tovara. Adam and Chava were pulled down. They were too much involved in the world. Nadav and Aviu, the opposite. They wanted to jump to where they shouldn't have jumped in spirituality. They brought an age Zara, 
opposite direction. Adam and Chav are going down into the ground. Nadav and Avi are going up into the heavens. Both inappropriate. Nadav and Avi asum me'evel ha'rasha kiblu. Hislahavu yeser al-hamida. They were at too much hislavus. We've mentioned in the past. All the different pshatim of Chazal, what the chait was. Uh, they paskined uh, they paskin b'makam rabo, they, they drunk before they did the avoda, they chose not to get married. All the different pshatim of what the, uh, the chait was. At Rud, it was all, they thought this would bring us greater spirituality. They thought this is what we have to do. They brought the Torah so they weren't supposed to bring the Torah. It's all strange fire. It's a fire. But it's strange fire. It's a zara. So each chait is parallel to the event that preceded it. Right? What did Hashem do? Hashem removed himself to make room for the world, and Adam and Chava got shakua in that world. Hashem had separated himself, and they got shakua. By the Mishkan, we build a place to bring Hashem. They violated that space. They violated that that creation. Hashem gave instructions. But removed himself. Right? He lost himself. And the Chanukah Mishkan was too much atzmius. It was too much spirituality and trying to break the trying to break the borders. What's the message for us? One word. Balance. Balance. The extremes the extremes are not are not successful and not appropriate. Adam and Chava, you know, went to an extreme. Hashem said, eat from all the trees, just not that one. No, they had to eat from that one tree. Not the Benavio, you're gonna do a lot of the Avoda. Just don't do this avoda. No, we're going to do that avoda. Remember Rabbi Lamb, Zechariah Levracha once quoted uh, one of the Rebbes. I remember the Medrash says in Brachus, "Be'alakim es kolasher asavi ne'tov ma'od." Hashem saw it was good. Tov ma'od. The Medrash says zehamaves. Zehamaves. It's death. All right. That's what the Sam Sofer said. That that uh, he didn't start, even though there were different hagim. Where to start Kiddush? Yom Hashishi vayerve yvoker. So some say that's also we have a pasuk. So you start off with Vayal Kemis Kala Shorosav Vinitov Maod. They say no, he didn't want to start off with the first day of the pasuk because of that medrash Vinitov Maod Zehamavis. Okay, we're not going to get to a halachic discussion now. But Rabbi Lamb quoted uh, one of the rabbis. What does that mean? Tov Maod Zehamavis Maodius, all extremes Zehamavis. Classic Rabbi Lamb Bart, right? All extremes we want us to live a balanced life, balanced spiritual life. And that's, that's the message, the sakana with the extremes as we have in this thought. Hashem separated himself, but obviously left room for man. We remove ourselves and leave room for Hashem. We have to have the balance of not overstepping the bounds, not overstepping where we're supposed to be, not overstepping where our Kaddish Baruch was supposed to be. As much as we can bring ourselves up, as we've said, to bridge the gap. But we have to recognize our limitations also. We have to recognize that if I'm not a Kohen... I have certain limitations. If I'm not the Kohen Gadol, I have other limitations. And even if I am the Kohen Gadol, I have limitations. So we have to do what we can. But that's why, right after this, the chait, what, what, what's the tzivui? The tzivui is, right, and, and uh, don't drink wine, but pasag yud, 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 ten, ten. Ulahav dil ben ha-kodesh ben ha-cholu, ben ha-tami ben ha-tar. Ulaharos is ben Yisrael. Bina, havdala. Have uh, have insight. What's what's appropriate, what's not appropriate, and that's what we have to um, that's what we have to focus on. So fascinating, the two events, opposite, both followed by chataim, also in different directions. And he, he discusses in the continuation. There are so mu- there are so many things in, in uh, yadus. You have opposites. You have an isra molheter, having abdallah and having the proper perspective. Okay, moving right along. Now let's get to back to the beginning of the parsha, and I thought I have to just quote at least one thought from the time of the Kra of Chaim Knievsky's Sefer on Chumash. Again, he has many svarim, but he also has some svarim on on he has svarim on everything that that most we don't learn, right? He has commentaries on all the Masechtas Ketanos, and he has his own svarim. He has a 
commentary. He has a sefer on all the times Tosfos quotes a medrash, and we don't know where the medrash is. He wrote a sefer about where those midrashim are, among other things that we, we spoke about last uh, last Shabbos. But he also has a commentary. He has on the Shulchan Aruch, Shona Halachas, and and um, and on Chumash. One sefer, the time of Dekra. So there quotes. So Vayibayamashvi at the beginning of the parsha. Kara Moshe Aaron the of the Yisrael. Moshe calls to Aaron to his children to the Zakanim. Vayomer Aaron and he tells Aaron. So Aaron, you do that. And then, And to B'nai Yisrael, tell them this. Oh, this is what the B'nai Yisrael have to do. So Esther of Chaim Kanievsky, why did Moshe told Aaron, you do this, and then Moshe told Aaron, and tell B'nai Yisrael to do this. Why didn't Moshe just tell B'nai Yisrael? He told Aaron what to do, and then he should have just turned around and told B'nai Yisrael what to do. No, he tells Aaron what to do, and he tells Aaron to tell B'nai Yisrael what to do. So, and on top left, top left, Mashma, Shemosha Amr Aaron Shiyadaro, B'nai Yisrael, Shayichu Sirizim, Moshe tells Aaron to tell B'nai Yisrael to take the Sirizim. V'tzorachiyan, Lomo Amr Moshe Atzmosh, L'b'nai Yisrael Shayichu, why didn't Moshe just tell them? So V'yesh Lomar says the time of Dekra that there's a hidden message here for Aaron. Right? It's not just, right, this is Aaron starting his, his, his position now. Really he's starting his position. He's always, been, he's always been second in command, so to speak, to Moshe. But now, now we have the Mishkan. Mishkan is going to be Aaron's domain. But now, says the time of the crowd that is a hidden message. This was part of the Chinuch HaMishkan. The Kwanim aren't only in charge of themselves. They're in charge of making sure Klal Yisrael are doing what they're supposed to be doing, especially regarding the base of Mikdash. But remember, Kwanim... We're only in the base of Mikdash two weeks out of every year. Two weeks out of every year. And Yantif. But 48 weeks of the year, the Kohanim were home. Teaching, leading, learning. Moshe, I'm not, I'm, Aaron, you tell them. Because this is part of your job. And this is what your descendants are going to be about. It's not just about yourselves. It's about spreading. It's about leading you have to guard the Mikdash. Find Rambam, and therefore this was part of the Chanukah Samishkan to train them to not only do what you need to do, but also train them in what you're going to do and what you're going to be responsible for. Because Kohanim and Leviim aren't just responsible for themselves, they're also responsible for the entire nation. Right, remember the Rambam at the end of Hilchashmit to Yovel. That there's an idea, not, not legally for Trumas and Maestras purposes, but there's an idea also of Kohanim and Levim, Shevet Levi, being the leaders of Klal Yisrael. Right, Shevet Levi, the leaders don't have to only be for themselves, but you know, for others as well. This pointed out often this week that you know, as much as he, just one more point relating to still within the, uh, the Shiva, as much as he, he knew Kala Tarakula and he was you know, beyond any any hasaga that we could have, he spent so many hours just giving brachas. And hundreds of people every day. Hundreds of people every day used to line up. And why do you say bua, not bracha v'aslacha? Because if I had to give a bracha to four people, okay, I might as well say bracha v'aslacha. But if you have hundreds of people every day, it adds up. For them waiting and for one's own learning. It was pointed out, though, when it was Rafur Shlema, there was no Rashi Tevis. There was no Rashi Tevis. It was full Rafur Shlema. When Rafur Shlema, he gives a Bracha Shlema. Right? For Bracha Vatzlacha, that could have a... a uh, everything was thought out. Everything was Mechushav. But again, this is... He, he lived by this thought. Not just worried about himself, but taking care and lifting up, lifting up Klal Yisrael. So that's the message why Moshe told Aaron to tell, to tell B'nai Yisrael. Okay, moving right along. Paraktes, most of what we have tonight is uh, towards the beginning of the parsha. So tell B'nai Yisrael, this is what you have to do. You have to bring achatas. Right? This is the, the, um, 
the Chanukas, we have to bring all the different types of karbonos to be mechanech l'mizbeach. So B'nai Yisrael have to bring a chatos, a goat for a chatos, an egel and a cheves, sheep and a, and a cow, la'ola, and then v'shor v'ayel l'shlamim, an ox and a ram for a shlamim, l'zboach l'bnei Hashem, u'mincha b'lula b'shamen. And a mincha. Right? So we have chatos, ola, shlamim, mincha, all the karbonos. Where's the asham? Not now. Ki hayom Hashem nirei lechem. Because hayom, today, Hashem appears to you. So what they do, they took everything that Moshe commanded them, they brought a, the whole Eidah came close, and they stood there, right, one of the times that it's only a small space in front of the Mishkan, but millions of people were able to, to be there. Moshe says, Moshe says, this is what Hashem told, commanded you to do. You shall do. And the Kvod Hashem will appear, will appear to you. And the question is, it's asked by Rav Teichtel here in the Mishnah Sachir, at the author of the Eimah Smecha. In source number six, we read that Moshe and Kotob Yisrael, and they did it. They brought, they, they took what Moshe wanted, the animals, they brought it close, they're standing in front of them, Moshe says, this is what you should do. This is what you should do. They just did it. They did it. They brought the animals. So what exactly is going on here? What's this extra? And you'll get the... Uh, the honor of Hashem on you. So he says, the year of Yat So says the Mishnah Sachir. Diyadua, it's known, and this we've spoken about often, even two weeks ago. De karbanos elu hayu lechaper almaiso ha'egel. Ve'in hayu ha'kaparos ha'rishon ha'shekruv ha'lachet. Right, these karbanos were there for kapar of the egel, as midrashim link. And that's why we bring a cow the Chulu, right? And what is it about the animals? Nothing about the animals. Line 16, Kfar Kosvu Asvarim, Taharatzon Bavos HaKarban Hu Machsheves HaMakrif. The key in Karbanos is not the animal, it's the person. Kihu Dechayev Bekolamasa Shayasa Bekarban Ahu, like the Rabban says, everything that's happening to this animal should be happening to me. I should look at the animal and, 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 and realize that the animal is a kofer, so to speak. The animal is a substitute. Again, the animal is going to be Right? Besides the carbon ola, all the other animals are just shechted and, and eaten. But we have to recognize, step number one, that the ikr of karbanos is the, are the accompanying thoughts and feelings. Step one. Step two. Go to the middle paragraph. Let's go a little deeper based on the words of the Chassam Sofer. We know Yitzchak is called an Ola Tamima. He's a carbon, and that's why he wasn't allowed to leave Eretz Yisrael. We say the ashes of Yitzchak are in front of Hashem's throne, and he's considered a carbon Ola. But says Chassam Sofer, one second, he never went through with it. Hashem stopped Avraham. So, yeah, Ke'ilu, he wanted to do it, but he didn't actually do it. So, you want to say it's Ke'ilu, Avraham did it? Okay. But, but from Yitzchak's perspective, he wasn't a carbon. He didn't die. Right? So, so why do we consider him Kulo Kalil? They brought him up and they brought him down. Says the Psalm Sofer, and he quotes verbatim. When it comes to a person, the machshava is the key. By an animal, I have to go through the act of the hakravas hakarban along with the feelings and the thoughts of a person. But when it comes to a person, well, we don't have any other example besides the Akedah, if the thoughts are there and the desire is there to do it, it's ki'ilu, it's done. 
An actual behema needs shechting and skinning and burning. And then it goes up. But a person. If I am fully connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and I'm ready to give one's life, so then that's, that's Mesiris Nefesh Mamish. Right? That's what's, that's what's needed. That's all that's needed. And that's why Yitzchak is an old Tamimah, because in Yitzchak's mind, he was shechted. In Yitzchak's mind, he gave his life for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And it's considered that way. And that's what he says is an even deeper idea relating to a Gemara in Chulin that he quotes on Datei. Mikem velokulchem, from you and not all of you. Ratzalomar, tahatora kadoshe yoro lanu achilik, bein ma'ada makriv atzmo l'ashem, uvein akarbat shemakriv mina behema. Animal kulchem, you need all of it. A person mikem, right? Mikem velokulchem, because as long as the machshava, the thought, the feeling is there. Hashem will consider it. Ki'ilu, it's a karban. Masha'eki min ha-behema, takrivu es karbanchem, oz be'emes sorach she'akrib b'fo'a lios kulo la'ishim, based on the chasam sofer. But he continues, we didn't get to the pshat of the pasuk yet. But now turning over the page to source number eight. But, so then why do you even need the, the act of by the animal? You know, if the whole thing, the ikr is the person's feelings and the thoughts, it's ki'ilu, it's happening to me, so what do you need the actual actuality of the animal? So literally, No, but often we find, for ruchnius we need actual physical objects. We need physical objects to uh, help us uh, materialize and crystallize. But we could talk about um, the Seder. We could talk about Tzimitzis Mitzrayim. But we have props. Because Hashem knows those props help us. Right? We have Matzah and we have Marar and we have Charoses. And we have Karpas. We have all these props. Because they were human, and that helps us. Those props also have spiritual parallels in Shamayim, but it also helps us. And that's what he quotes from the Sefer Achinuch over and over again. But that's by a regular carbon. But if there ever comes up an example where, you know, to give one's life, you know, by a person, it's just the machshava and the connection. Let's say, as a quote, let's say Rabbi Akiva, at the end of his life, the Romans would have stopped and said, okay, we're not killing you. But he was there. He was ready. That would have been Ki'ilu Hikra Vizatzva. Because he was on, he was in that state. He was in that state like Yitzchak Avinu. But with all this background, says the Mr. Sacher, now we can get back to the Pasuk. Now we can get back to the shot of the Pasik. Remember, what was the question? But Esau did everything. They brought the Karbanos, and then they're standing in front of Moshe, and Moshe says, do this. What did he do this? They just did it. They, brought, they just brought the Karbanos. Moshe told Aaron to tell B'nai Yisrael to bring the Karbanos. This was the beginning of the Mishkan. Moshe wanted to give them the message of what the Iker of a Karban is. It's all about my thinking. I can be a Karban. Whatever Hashem wants. I'm his servant. So Moshe. Moshe says, This is what Hashem commanded. You shall do what you're doing to the animal. You could think about yourself inside. And Hashem considers that as if we're the carbon. Right? 
And that's the extra line. They did the physical, but now it's time for them to do the essence of the carbon, which is, you know, the machshava and the hargasha, what we would get even without the animal. But in general, Hashem, right, we don't have, you know, human sacrifices. The only example in all of history that we had a mitzvah to do it was, was the akeda, and that's it. First and last. Rachman al-Atzlan, since then we've had a lot of karbanos, but that wasn't our choice. That wasn't our choice. But again, this is uh, the message of the Psukim, says the, says the Mishnah Sachir. Okay, moving right along. Again, a lot at the beginning of the Parsha here. And uh, hopefully we'll get to one thing about the, the Simanim later on. Says Ramosha Feinstein, Vahi bayam ashmini kara Moshe l'aron levanav. The eighth day, Moshe calls to Aaron and his sons. And he says to them, Says Ramosha, L'chara ha-hasam hayu kol hayamin. What does Kriya usually mean? Kriya usually means somebody's outside and you call them. Can you come here? Vayikra. We mentioned the Ramban at the beginning of the Sefer. Vayikra el Moshe. What's that? How does the Vayikra start? Vayidabra el Hashem elav. Vayikra means, Moshe, come here for a second. <coughs> the general calling. And then Vayidabra, you speak to them. So why did Moshe have to like call them? They were there. Right? They, they didn't leave. Look at the end of the end of last week's parsha. Right? It's only a space because we had it a week a week before. But they were there in the Omoi. So Moshe goes there to talk to them. What do you mean, Kara Moshe? Just by Yomar Laron. What's the extra Kriya? Okay, maybe it means that they were kind of being shy and and like, you know, you're supposed to say no to the guy by the first time. So maybe they were just being a little difficult. And Moshe's like, come on, come on, let's do it. Okay. But the Onira says to Moshe, but the Onira, Shehula Horos, is to teach me. Shetzarech hachana v'kavana lemitzvah chadasha kumo ilu hayabayim No matter what in life, we need preparation. For every mitzvah, we need focus beforehand. We could be standing in shul and we're about to sh- hear shofar. We're about to shake a lulav. Right now, think about it, focus on it, prepare for it. That's the Kriya. Moshe calls them and says, get ready. Here it is, and now let's do it. They were just coming from, from sitting in the Mishkan for a week and learning Torah and focusing on the Halacha. And also, not just preparing for it, but but being besimcha, as if like this is something new. This is something new. Right? It's not like, oh, I've been here for a week. No, it's something new. It's all new. It's all new. Yeah, I've, I've been preparing for it, but, but now it's happening. And now I have the feeling. And now I have the simcha. Because newness brings simcha. Right? It's hard to get up in the morning because, you know, we, we do it every day. But if we'd ever do something, if somebody's catching a plane to go on vacation, then they're, they're up early. It's new. It's different. That's how we have to view our Avodah Hashem. Every single day, there'll never be another day like it. And no matter how much we've been here, we've been for a week already. We've been in the base of Migdash. We've been in the Mishkan for a week already. Moshe calls them and says, it's a new Kriya. It's a new, it's new. Prepare and look at it as a new Kriya, as something new. When we learn, we learn anything, anything in Chumash, but try to look at it as if it's new psukim, as if new eyes, a new way to look, not just, I know this already. So we have to always focus on that. So that's the Kriya. Number one, the Kriya is always prepare. Don't just run into it. Number one. Number two, second element, Ramosha says. You know, think of it as a new stage of what everyone is involved in. I've been here, I've been in shul for a week, but now this is, this is new. Right. Even, even on Shabbos, 
Musaf is something new. Yidam and Shachar is ready. What does that have to do with Musaf? This is the this is the first Musaf of today. This is the only Musaf of the week to try to make new feelings. And finally, the third he mentions Odi Yishlomar Dialfinan Mizeh that we learn to Afuachar Kol Haachanos Adayin Sorach Adam LaHargish Shachasher LaOd LaChinas Mal Kedusha Kama Bitchila. There's always more to do. There's always more to prepare. You've been here for a week. Moshe calls them before he starts talking to them, as if to say, you know, get ready, realize that there's more. The again, each of these can be developed, but that's what Moshe puts into the into the words here. Okay, one thought on the on the rest of the parsha, and then we'll have something on parsha's para. The second half of the parsha, as we know, is all about the animals, the kosher signs, not kosher signs. Just to, to remind uh, one of my favorite thoughts in uh, in Shmini, I think we mentioned this years ago, but we don't have, we don't have a parsha every parsha year every year on Shmini, so I'll just mention it again outside, and then we'll mention, get into what's what do we have here. The uh, when the Mishnah tells us in Meseches Nida that really, even though there are two kosher signs for a fish, really every fish that has scales also has fins. Kosher Some fish have fins and not scales. But every fish has scales, has fins. They ask the Gemara, simple question. So why doesn't the Torah just say one kosher sign? Just say scales. Kaskeses. And you know every fish that has kaskeses also has snapir. So answer the Gemara a mysterious phrase. Lahagdul Torah lahadir. Lahagdul Torah lahadir. That's the answer. What does that mean? What? It's extra? The Torah says it anyway. You can say lahagdul Torah lahadir for a Mishnah. What about the Torah? So uh, one of the Rebbes, uh, it's quoted in the Sefer Yagdal Torah, ironically. Uh, and there Yagdal Torah quotes from Rav Shal Alter, I think, that what, is, what are scales and what are fins? Scales symbolize our protection. They symbolize guarding, right? They're the armor of the fish. Fins help the fish swim and go forward. Life's not just about scales, Life's not just about protecting where we are and what we have accomplished already. Life is about fins. Life is about always going forward. Life is about swimming ahead. Doesn't matter what age and what stage. We have to be fins. We have to be people with fins, not just people with scales. Of course, we have to have scales. We have to protect and guard. But the Torah goes out of its way, lahagdil Torah, to to maximize, to say you got to be great. Right? That's the fins. Okay. That's uh, a blast from the past. Okay, now let's get back to the Draj David. Uh, the question that's asked by a number of Mepharshim already, he notes the Klayuk already asks this. We have the signs of the animals. And for example, the Torah tells us a camel is not kosher. Why isn't a camel kosher? Because the Torah says, Why isn't a camel kosher? Because it chews its cud, but it doesn't have split hooks. And why is a pig not kosher? Because it has split hooves, but it doesn't chew its cut. And the question the clay yucker already asks is, if you're telling me why it's not kosher, why don't you just say, what's not kosher about it? Don't say the reason why maybe you would have thought it is kosher, right? A pig is not kosher because it doesn't chew its cut. Why does the Torah say, well, a pig has split hooves, but doesn't chew its cut? Right? Isn't split hooves, that's not a reason why it's not kosher. That's a reason why it should be kosher. Or the camel. The camel chooses good. So says the Klayakar, the Drash David. The Drash David quotes the Klayakar, but then he adds on to it because the Klayakar only explains half. If you turn the page in source number uh, 11, the Klayakar notes that, let's say for a pig, the fact that the pig has split hooves makes it more not kosher. Because what does a pig do? A pig sticks out its feet. Look, I'm kosher, I'm kosher. It's a faker. It shows on the outside that it's kosher, and then on the inside it's not kosher. Right? If an animal doesn't have split hooves and doesn't do its cut, okay, then you know it's not kosher. But the pig is, is, is sneaky. The pig is sly. Right? It shows its hooves and says, look, I'm split. But inside, it's not. That's the that's the message, says the Klayakar. 
to be careful of those that on the outside show kashrus, but inside they're not kosher. Because it's worse, it's a faker. But the Kleyaka doesn't explain the other half. That's what the Drash David goes into. What about the camel? The camel has doesn't have split hooves. But it chooses cud. So why does the Torah there say? It's not kosher, and included in that is chewing its cud. So says the Drash David, because there you have the opposite problem. There are some of us out there that feel, as long as I'm a Jew on the inside, as long as I feel connected to Hashem, it doesn't really matter what I do. It doesn't really matter how I behave, because inside I'm good. Inside I'm connected. Besides those, what about these? After Karbanos, you know, it's all about the Machshava. Isn't it better to be a good person? Do I have to keep every diktuk of halacha? Inside, I'm, uh, I feel connected. That's not called avdus. That's called, I'm doing what I want. That's a, that's a gamal. Anashim elu mishulam lebalei chayim shesimin tarasam hu betocham penima ha'alaz geira they're Tommy on the outside. That's clear, but that's also a, a behemotmeya. That's also a behemotmeya. And even if, then he adds this at the end. And even if you want to say that, if you have both simanim of tara, there's a halacha. What if a what if a horse gives birth to a cow somehow? It looks like a cow. It's a horse. It looks like a cow. Hayotim and atame tame. You could have both signs. But if where you came from is Tameh, if your foundation is Tameh, then that's Tameh. Even if you have both signs on the outside. See, either way, we have to recognize that everything in life, everything in Torah and Halacha has symbolism, including the signs. The kosher signs, the not kosher signs. And that gets us uh, gets us here. Okay. One thought on, on Parshas Para, as we have Parshas Para, as always, as we know, the week before Parshas Achodesh, so I gave you a piece in the Berachayim on Parshas Para. We're just going to read part of it. And the message of Para. The message of Para. Para, as we know, is becoming Tahar. That's why we read Parshas Para. Para Duma symbolizes Tara. What we daven for, we daven for when the we have the Avoda of the Paraduma on Harazesim and the bridge is built, the ramp is built from Harazesim to um, Tahara bias. So what does Tara require of us? Paraduma symbolizes Tara. We're supposed to remember and th- focus on Tara. So number one, as we know, Achdus. Connecting with fellow Jews. That is a requirement for Tara and for success. He quotes an amazing Chassam Sofer. Davar Nora. He quotes the Chassam Sofer. Right? By the Chita Egel, it says, the Egel Asher Asa Aaron. Aaron had, was very involved in Chita Egel, but he was Zochet to be the Kohen Gadol soon after. It's one of the big mysteries in all of Sefer Shmos, Aaron's role. You read the Pesukim, it sounds like he participated, he told him to do it, give me your gold. So, but he was Zochet right afterwards to be the Kohen Gadol. Says the Chassam Sofer, amazing thought. Kira Aaron Ba'osa Shah, Shalibadei Shah, Mufuzar, Mufuradim. Aaron HaKohen saw, at that moment, when Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't coming back, he saw all of Klai Yisrael all of a sudden losing themselves, and he could imagine different groups doing different things. What are we going to do? We should do this, we should do that, we should go back to Mitzrayim and go this way and go that way. All of a sudden he saw Pirud. All of a sudden he saw different groups. Machlokes. Aaron says, if there's one thing I could do, I need to keep them together. I need to keep them ba'achtus. Because if there's achtus, even if it's achtus, l'shem something negative, it's still achtus. It's still holding the nation together. And hopefully I could channel them and, and change the direction. Ki yada Aaron asher gam 
Asher Oso Yarogu, Yecherevish Bachiv, Avim Yavam Moshe Biyom Amachros. But if the Shalom Benehem, that could be a huge factor. Halokulam Yasimu Yablape, Vain Peres, Vain Svacha. And when Moshe came down, what, did, what happened when Moshe came down? He destroyed the Ego, that was it. They were all together, they weren't fighting with each other. Aaron said, I'd rather keep Achtus and have an Egel possibly than to just have them fighting with each other. And says the Be'er HaChayim, it's a thought that we usually, how could Aaron do that? But when there's Achtos amongst Kla Yisrael, right? What does the Yerushalmi say in Masechus Peah? I think it is, right? Why David and Achav, during David, David fought many wars and Rechman al lost a lot of wars. But Achav, David's of Achav, terrible, terrible king. And yet they won a lot of wars. Why? Because at least they had Achtos. At least they were together. At least they, they were with there for each other. They were with there for each other. Point number one. Just point number two, quickly. Again, we're not going to read the whole thing. But he says, obviously, in the continuation... And we always have to know that we can be metaher ourselves. We're not stuck. We could always go back and change things. We believe in shuva. Okay, I'm not going to read it. We're running out of time. But he quotes in the in the footnotes in Source 14 that one of the Rabbi Chiel Meir Migustinin, not sure who that is, was once watching people play chess. Right, and he sees that he was talking about the rules of the game, and they mentioned to him, yeah, you can move this way, move that way, but you can't go backwards. You can't go backwards. And he said, that's so not Judaism. You can go backwards. You can go back to where you are. Right? That's called tshuva. Right? What does the Ram say? Tshuva shlema. If you're in the same place, that's tshuva. He doesn't say, I'll add. But if you get to the other side and you get a, whatever that's called, right? Then you can go backwards, right? Some pieces, like if you get like a double, I don't remember what that be. That's some checkers. But, but what does that mean? That means once I give myself a certain status, I tell myself I could do it. I could do it. You could go backwards. But we have to believe in the Torah of ourselves. So number one, we have to be connected to each other, believe in the Achtos of Klai Yisrael. And number two, we have to recognize that, that we could do it. That we can be Matar ourselves. We can connect. We can accomplish and that is the, the first step of success, is to realize that we can, to just go back to the beginning, we could bridge the seven to the eight. We could make that bridge. We're not stuck in seven. We're not stuck in seven. We could do eight. Right? Nisan is the usually, right? The, uh, this month is, uh, really, it's the, uh, right? We have half the year from uh, Rosh Hashanah. Now we get into the beyond, the seventh after, and then the eighth. So, Hashem, we should be zochet to, um, to really recognize the secret of the Shemini. The secret of the eighth, beyond our natural capabilities, HaKadosh Baruch will help us out. Okay, Shemini, Hashem, next week we get into pre-Nisan. Pre-Nisan, the Haggadah Shir, I hope it will be that last week before Pesach. Last week before Pesach, we will uh, do that. Okay, we'll stop here.